The collective cheers of AFL fantasy coaches went up late Sunday night as the round 14 lockout was lifted, which signified the end to the dreaded buy rounds and a return to seeing the number two at the beginning of our round scores once again. It's time to get the big dogs back in without the worry of the buy rounds hanging over our heads. With a monster score round topping of 180, has Jack McRae's price pointing in the right direction once again. Down 164k from his season starting price, the 68% of coaches without him will be wanting him back in their team ASAP before another predicted price rise of 33k happens this round. Brody Grundy was up to his old tricks again after a sub-100 score prior to his buy round. He once again monstered the smaller Tim English, both in the air and around the ground, to post up a huge score of 168 and was the number one selected captain option for the round. With another quick turnaround this week, with the Thursday night clash between the Giants and the Dons going on, fantasy coaches will have an embarrassment of loophole options for the vice-captain. We'll explore this and a whole heap more over the next 40 minutes. My name is Miggs, and this is the Round 14 FanPod40.com AFL Fantasy Review. Taking a look at the FanPod40.com team wrap first of all, and the team ended up with a score of 1,970 for the round, and that was from 19 on the field, which meant that Garner's 39 dropped off. Wasn't too bad of a score. It was above average by the looks of things. Uh, around 1,900 to 1,910 was looking like the round average. That uh, brought us up about 1,200 spots from last round and sits us in the top 5,000 once again, which is nice, at 4,645. And that was off the back of Jake Lloyd as captain, and he scored a 109. The trades that were made before last round... Ended up getting uh, Sydney Stack out of the team. He had his buy round there with Richmond and got in Garner. He scored just the 39. Uh, a little bit disappointing there uh, with Garner. Thought he could have gone a little bit better. However, he was looking like a sub 30 score at one stage there in the game. So he did lift uh, slightly in the last quarter. Uh, the other out, um, the other out was Bolter. He also had the buy obviously, and I got in Cameron from the Eagles, who was doing really really well. Um, up to half time there, slowed down a little bit in the second half, but still ended up with a score of 69. And his job security is a little bit up in the air, however, but he was basically the only uh, forward that was going on uh, at the time. So, um, yeah, just look out for Rioli coming back in the team there. He was basically taking his spot and he only had uh, the one week suspension. So he could uh, well be out this week. Um, we'll have to check the team sheets on Thursday. And the third trade there that was made was I ended up getting Gibbons out finally, who also had his buy round with Carlton and got in Mitchie Duncan, who is the ever-consistent uh, 1.16 from him on the weekend. And, yeah, was very happy with him. And he's still in a very low percentage of teams. I think it was still under just under 5% going into the round. Uh, some of the plus threes and minus threes for last round one has to definitely go to Jackie McRae with his 180 there. I got him in a couple of weeks ago, so he's averaging uh, well over 150 there for the team at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, we just got to hope that, I guess, uh, Liver takes his time with his injury there, so McRae stays around the contest. Hopefully he does. Um, the other plus three, that I have to give it to the Gorn-Grundy combo. 
Uh, I can't split these two at the moment, even though Grundy is getting the higher ceiling, but both of them together have been amazing this season, and last round was no exception. They ended up uh, scoring a combined 297. The neck ankle injury that Grundy was carrying into the bye round there that they had uh, last week looks good to go. It looks, uh, looked fresh coming off the bye, and uh, Gorn ended up with a 49 point. Uh, fourth quarter there to bring his score up to 129 for the round, which was nice to see. And my last plus three has to go to uh, Boak, the 121. Look, he's been a rock up forward for owners all year, and he got poured over the line again on the weekend. Um, I think we've come to expect that now from him, that sort of uh, 120 plus score. So it's nice that he's still up and about. Honourable mentions for plus threes as well. Dangerfield, 110. Uh, Dunkley 118, Billings 113, backed up um, a couple of good rounds now, um, and he's looking good for the second half of the year. Uh, Duncan's 116, and also Trelaw's 128 as well. Um, after he, he scored only a, an 80 something the first time those teams uh, first time those teams met in in round four early in the year, so it was nice that he pumped out a 120 plus there. Uh, a couple of minus threes for the round. Uh, first one has to go to Timmy Kelly. He scored a 71. Look, he was tagged by Houston for most of the game there against Geelong. He's been a bit of a worry all season, those tags. Um, he looks like to be uh, the number one tag player there at Geelong. But uh, he has broken some of those tags throughout the year. Not on this occasion, however. He did end up with a bit of a knock in the fourth quarter there and came off. Uh, looked a bit dazed, but um, they're saying that he should be good to go. Got LA this week. No real tags going on there uh, with the Crows at the moment. So we'll see what happens. And he scored a 93 in round three as well uh, against them early in the season. So hopefully he can crack the ton again. Uh, Brayshaw, 87. Uh, look, he's becoming the new yo-yo scorer of the game. He's a bit of a roller coaster at the moment. Hard to predict. And he's still definitely trade bait um, when, when possible. So uh, he'll probably be one of my last. Uh, upgrade targets there in the midfield as long as he keeps on pumping out decent scores. Um, however, he's just become too unreliable at the moment to, to hang around for the whole season. And the last one I'm going to give is Marty Hoare. He ended up with just a 49 uh, on the weekend. Uh, do expect more from him now. Uh, probably a 70 basement, even though he did start off as a rookie. And uh, coaches should really be looking to upgrade him probably within the next one to two rounds. He's basically plateaued now in price. He's got a break even in the 80s, maybe 81, somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, we'll be looking to upgrade him uh, very shortly. Uh, a couple of round regrets. There wasn't too much. Most of the players uh, performed pretty well, but have to learn to take uh, my own captain advice there. Should have probably left uh, the C on Grundy as he was the number one option uh, going into the round from the top five we had there. Um, ended up putting it on Lloyd, obviously, and 109 is nice, but uh, Grundy's one, I think 168 would have been a lot better. Uh, Nash over Garner, over Garner sorry. Um, in hindsight, probably looking like the better option at the moment. Um, so went for Garner over over Nash just because Nash had the buy round. Probably could have gone into the game with, with 18 on the field anyway. Garner's uh, score dropped off. Nash, yeah, probably has a slightly better job security as well at the moment. Uh, early trade thoughts going into the next round. Uh, got about 150k sitting there in the kitty, so got a, got a bit to play with. I'm looking to downgrade Warple this week. Probably 
little bit earlier than usual, but he's 72 coming off the weekend. Just gives me a bit of a reason to, to downgrade him. Um, and that's mainly so I can get Dusty up forward. So I've got uh, Dusty sitting on the bench up forward, and I've got no way to move him into the midfield either after trading out uh, Gibbons, which was probably a bit of a mistake in hindsight there. But uh, just having a look at their fixtures and, and what's coming up, um, I think I think Tigers have a, have a slightly better fixture than and uh, than the Hawks, and the Hawks aren't travelling too well either at the moment. Um, so I'm going to keep Dusty, downgrade Warple there, and probably upgrade it in the midfield. Um, probably looking at someone like a James Rose from Sydney. He's got a low break even of just four, and Sydney also played Gold Coast this week, so he could be the downgrade option there for Warple. Um, I'm probably going to end up at the moment, if he doesn't play, um, getting out Snelling, who <laughs> hasn't played a game yet, but I had him there, went a bit early on him, I'm going to call that error. So if he's not named, uh, probably going to have to upgrade him to a to a fallen primo. Someone maybe like a Rory Sloan, who's got a he's got a hundred plus average um, against his next four opponents coming up. So he's got a nice little run there um, on average, and he's yeah pretty cheap at six hundred fifty three k at the moment. And um, also fresh off his buy round, also which will help with that slight hamstring uh, niggle he had a couple of rounds ago. If Snelling is named, however, probably going to have a look to upgrade Bewley to save some dollars. Uh, he's sitting at around about the 270k mark at the moment, even though uh, Bewley still has that fairly low break-even. He's got a break-even of about eight at the moment, but um, yeah, going to call the, the mistake on, on uh, Snelling. Uh, but yeah, we'll hopefully still play at some point later in the year and, and prove to be a downgrade option um, in case any of our superstars get uh, rested um, or whatnot later in the year, and we can we can play him. On to some medical news now. We're going to check out some of the injuries over the weekend, and the first one, probably biggest name there, is Jeremy Howe. He came off with that calf injury, which was fairly late in the second quarter. There didn't come back on in the game. He wasn't doing too much, and he's probably not expected to play this week either possible sort of two to three weeks usually with those calf injuries depending on whether it's a grade one or two strain i'll have to check the uh, injury list there to just see um, exactly how many weeks it's going to be uh, gary roan he copped that heavy knock there when Eamon bumped into him it was sort of uh on the half forward line there middle of the ground he didn't return didn't come back on and look that's his second concussion for the season as well so they might uh play it yeah a little bit safe with uh with rowan hopefully Second concussion for the season, and he may not get up for this round either. Stephen Hill, he was out of the game by the third quarter there. Uh, he ended up having a hamstring injury, it looks like, and you would expect that would be the usual three to four weeks uh, for Hill there because he's only been back. That was only his second game back, I think, so uh, probably the usual three to four weeks there for him. Jesse Hogan, they're in the wars on the weekend, the Dockers. He also had a, a knock to his foot there. And they're saying that it's not the navicular uh, bone or anything at the moment that he had previously uh, issues with. But, yeah, again, it's looking like three to six weeks potentially for him. Um, Franklin was the other uh, big name there. He had that uh, left hammy iced up around the third quarter, and he was looking like he was going to kick a big bag of seven or eight for the night. Um, he looked like he was fairly dialed in. But he ended up kicking four goals. May have been more of a precautionary than anything. 
but they're saying Franklin will play when Franklin feels like he's ready to play <laughs> after reading uh, Longmire's um, article there just today. So, but yeah, you probably expect it to be maybe the usual, maybe two to three, four weeks at, at the most by the sounds of things. Um, and the last one there, uh, Matt Guelfi, he um, had that, uh, McGovern bumped him into the fence there in the first quarter, and he's a bit of, in a bit of strife there, uh, McGovern, for doing that. He went to hospital, but they're still saying that he may play as well, just as long as he ticks off a few things um, off the checklist there. So neck, rib problems for him going on. He didn't look too good in the change rooms just watching the game. Um, from the weekend, there are a few reports as well uh, to note. Michael Walters uh, was on there. He's been offered a, a one-week um, suspension there. Now, he uh, headbutted Lockhart there in the third quarter. It didn't look like too much, just having a look at the vision again, but, um, yeah, they have given him the one week. Fremantle, I would dare say, will are likely to challenge that as well, so he could get off still, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, McGovern's been offered the one week as well, as I just mentioned, uh, for uh, pushing Guelphie into the fence there. Uh, Mason Redmond from Essendon as well. Uh, he got reported for a stomp on Allen. Now, um, he, well, that's going to come out as well. I haven't heard anything from the MRO at the moment, uh, but just keep an eye on him. And Dougal Howard and Eamon have both been given uh, one-game suspensions at the moment. Dougal Howard was for, for his hit on Harry Taylor and uh, Eamon for his hit on Gary Rowan, as we mentioned just earlier. Uh, a couple of sore players to come out of the weekend. Josh Dunkley, it looked like he may may have came off uh, in that game with the uh, concussion test. He actually went down into the rooms in that game, and that was his, with his uh, teammate there, Bailey Smith, in the first quarter. So got a little bit worried about that one, but he did return uh, soon after, and he did play really well after that as well. So should be no worries there. He ended up with 35 touches, six marks, and three tackles. Um, there weren't too many others. Uh, Dalhouse limped off in the third quarter. He had a, a knock to the shin there, uh, by the looks of things. That, that was under a Burton tackle, um, but he should be okay for this week. And also, Heaney had that left knee strapped again in the second quarter as well, um, but he played on as well. A um, couple of concussions come out of the round. Benny Reid copped that knock from uh, Eastern Wood in the back of the head in the first quarter, but he came back on, ended up kicking three goals. Should be okay to play this week, they're saying return to the ground um, and Timmy Kelly who was actually tagged by Houston um, in that game he came off uh, sort of late or midway through the four, fourth quarter there he had a, a pretty heavy knock uh, to the face from Houston and um, just reading an article today Scott Scott said he thought he was just winded in in that uh, incident so whether he is or not he should be right to play this week hopefully um, and the last one there Callum Sinclair is expected to play he had that uh, concussion as he was trying to take the mark and knocked his head into the ground there. So um, he seemed to be sort of uh, quite uh, coherent after the game and, and was uh, and was chatting to the commentators. So he should be okay to play by the looks of things. Going to take a look at some break-evens next up. And first of all, going to have a look at some of the low break-evens. Um, and in a little while, we'll have a look at some of the higher ones. And uh, Paddy Nash is still on there. Obviously, the Tigers had their buy round. Uh, last game, but just a reminder that he's still got that negative 13 break even going uh, into round 15. He's still priced at 245,000 and looks like a pretty good downgrade option, one of the better ones uh, under 300k um, if you're looking for a downgrade option there. Griff Logue keeps on going on. He's now got a 87 average and a break even of negative 10. So 
Um, I dare say that this will probably be the last week to get him. He's going to be a very popular in if he wasn't already in your team. Um, and his job security looks uh, really good at the Dockers there. So he's going to just keep getting games uh, up until the end of the season. Nicky Hind from the Saints had a much better second game. He's got a negative seven break even, which is great. Priced at 211k after he had that 38 in his debut game. So um, I'm liking the looks of him in the midfield. Now, he did need three goals to get to that uh, score on the weekend. I think he scored about a 74 or roundabouts. So just keep that in mind as well. But it was a good sign that Hanbury came back into the team and uh, and Hind was still there and scoring well. So that was that was good to see. Um, a couple of others, James Rose for the Swans, as I mentioned, they've got Gold Coast this week, so he should be up for a decent score once again. He's one of the better forward line uh, downgrade options there. He's currently 262,000. I'm looking at picking him up myself. He's got a 62.5 average and a break even of just four, so he should go up considerably uh, coming up next round. Um, and a couple of others there. Brett Bewley from the Dock has had another solid game. He's currently 271k. Um, and he's just played his fourth game, averaging 54, and he's got a break-even of just eight. Um, and the last one there probably to note was Garner. Uh, he's still got a break-even of just nine after that game, even though he didn't score that well. He did score a 60 in his debut game, which was pretty good. Um, but yeah, coming off that 39 on the weekend, he's now averaging a tick under 50 um, after two games. And yeah, he's still a decent option as long as he, as long as he gets chosen. But I still do worry a little bit about his job security. Uh, just looking at the Port Adelaide emergency list uh, from last round. So, yeah, at, at any time um, he could potentially be dropped. He was the best of last round, though. So the only reason I was picking him up. Um, some of the high break evens. There are a couple there to note uh, coming out of the round. Andrew Gass, probably um, the most notable one. Now, he's 773k. Been really consistent for the year. Um, he's still averaging 112, or close enough to 113, actually. He's now got a break-even of 146, so just keep an eye on him as well. He could potentially come down another 5 or 10K if he doesn't hit that break-even this week. Uh, Fiorini's still on there, uh, coming off his bye. He's got a 142 break-even, still averaging 109, and still a really good point of difference if you're looking for that in your midfield. Um Ebert came back for the power there. Now, he's still got that DPP status mid-forward. He's just ticked under 600K now, so he's 596,000. And he was on fire at the start of the season, if you remember. Everyone was trying to get uh, him and Boken at the start there. Um, now, he's averaging 87.4 now. He's had uh, a bit of a down game on the on uh, on the weekend. But um, he's got a 141 break even coming up. So he could come down, you know, potentially to 550, uh, somewhere around there. Uh, JPK from the Swans also made his comeback game um, after that injury. He's 678k, and he's got a 140 break even. So you'd imagine that he'll come down a little bit further as well, potentially somewhere around the 660 mark. Um, so he will be a bargain pickup. He was really consistent uh, before picking up that injury as well. And the one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is Shannon Hearn from the Eagles. He's currently 656,000. Again, another player who's been really consistent in the back line this year. He's got a 95.5 average still, and he's got a 140 break even coming up. Now, you'd expect that price to come down quite a bit, maybe potentially around the 600K mark coming up. So just um, if you're looking at him and you haven't got him at the moment, 
um, potentially for someone, if you did hang on to a Sydney stack or you still got Marty Hoare there in your back line or a Dersma or someone like that, it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty short jump to get to someone like a Hearn who can uh, push out 110, 115 scores um, on the season. So just keep an eye on his break-even and see how far he can come down as well. Um, if you want to check out any more of the break-evens, particularly in their positional categories, uh, remember to head on over to the website at fanpod40.com and check out the AFL resources section. All right, I'm going to check out some news from the twos up next. And I'm going to start off, first of all, with Collingwood. And Matty Scharenberg had his third match back from that serious uh, knee injury that he had. And he ended up collecting 33 touches and 16 marks uh, in the back line there. So you wouldn't think it would be too long until Collingwood get him back in the team. He's definitely part of their best 22 and certainly um, part of their best back six as well. Uh, from Essendon, as I was talking about before, my boy Will Snelling, um, he had 29 touches, probably his best game out of the three he's played so far. He was that mid-season uh, pickup for the for the Bombers there. And uh, Mosquito picked up 14 touches as well, and he had some really good defensive pressure. So he was named as emergency a couple of weeks back, uh, Irving Mosquito. So check him out and see if he might get named as well. But I'm crossing my fingers for... Will Snelling getting a game. And uh, Braden Ham was probably the other notable one there um, who might still be floating around on some forward line benches. He ended up with 26 disposals and two goals as well. Uh, for Frio, uh, there's a bit of bad news for Harley Bunnell. He uh, had what a lower right leg injury, they're saying. So, yeah, another calf injury there um, on Saturday. He ended up kicking one goal one, just had the four touches and, yeah, went down in the first quarter and uh, that was the end of his day. So a bit of bad luck there. He's probably going to look to be out for another three to four weeks. We're going to make sure of things before he comes back in. But, again, yeah, we may not see him this year, potentially. Hopefully he does get back on the ground, though. Um, From Geelong, Charlie Constable had a day out, had the ball on a string. He ended up with 33 disposals and a huge 16 marks as well. Uh, Scooter Selwood was back again. He had 32 touches, nine marks. Um, and, yeah, he had that hamstring complaint um, earlier in the season as well. But it uh, looks like he's getting getting some good game time behind him now and wouldn't be too long until he gets back into the ones, I dare say. Um, and the other one there, Ryan Abbott, um, had 26 hitouts and 25 disposals and kicked a goal also. Um, it'd be nice to see him get back into the ones, Abbott, because I think... Uh, although Reece Stanley goes okay, he does give up a lot uh, to the opposition ruckman. And, uh, yeah, he could potentially be a bit of a swingman, um, Stanley, there. I think Abbott's probably the pick of the uh, true ruckman for, for Geelong at the moment. Uh, for Hawthorne, Grant Birchall, um, he had his first game back in 720 days, apparently. Um, he ended up with 10 disposals and 6 marks. He only played limited minutes, obviously. Um, he's ha- he's been having those knee and calf injuries, calf injuries for a while now. Um, so yeah, it was good to see him back. Probably going to be a, a bit of a non-factor in our teams though. Um, even if he does get back into the ones, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him get back at AFL level. Uh, James Cousins was dropped last game, but he responded quite well to his omission. Uh, he ended up with 30 touches and six tackles. Uh, in his game, so he might get straight back in as well for the Hawks, depending on uh, their matchups. Uh, for Melbourne, Corey Maynard had 26 touches, Jay Kennedy Harris 
uh, 22 and Wagner 20. He might still be floating around on a few benches as well. Um, and the mid-season draft recruit, Cole Dunkley, which a few are keeping their eyes on, he kicked a goal and had 18 touches also. Just uh, keep an eye on those sorts of players because um, by the time, um, you know, round sort of 17, 18 comes around, they're going to start probably wanting to play a few of these guys, uh, Melbourne, now that they're out of uh, finals contention, or they've been out of finals contention for a little while now. But yeah, especially players like Cole Dunkley, who are uh, quite low priced. Um, and also Geordie Lewis picked up 40 touches as well. I didn't think he had that in him still, but yeah, that was a great game from uh, from Geordie, 40 touches. Um, yeah. Uh, for Sydney, uh, James Rowbottom, he had a blinder. Now he had uh, 31 touches and also kicked three goals in his game. So hopefully he comes back into the ones there. And also Robbie Fox as well. He had 32 touches, 12 tackles and a goal. For West Coast, Nick Natanui had his first game back. Um, he ended up with 10 touches, 25 hitouts, four tackles, three marks. So he did a bit of everything there. Um, and he got pulled out of the game in the uh, early in the final term there. So I expect him to be back in the team ASAP, potentially, um, if McGovern, and they don't uh, challenge that, and McGovern's out for the week, get another tall player in. Um, Jared Brander also had 28 disposals, played really well, two goals, and also um, Braden Ann's. Ainsworth, sorry, had 28 disposals and kicked one goal too. Uh, and last but not least, from the Western Bulldogs, Riley West, who was actually named as an emergency uh, last game, hopefully inching a bit closer to his uh, AFL debut. He had 25 touches um, on the weekend. And also Ryan Gardner hit back uh, pretty well from his omission um, in the twos. And he ended up with 10 disposals, 11 hit out. So he played a little bit in the ruck and kicked a goal as well. And Toby McLean, he didn't actually um, play in that match. He was the uh, carryover emergency uh, for the ones. Moving on now with some predicted price increases up next and also the point of difference players. First of all, though, at the top of the pile is Griffin Logue. He's at 303000 currently. And after next round, he's looking at being around the $355,000 mark that's roughly about a $52,000 price increase. So if you're looking to get on him, now is the round to do it because anything over three fifty, dollars and you're basically wanting a player who's going to start pushing out consistent 80s and 90s to keep making you plenty of cash. But Griffin Logue looks to be a stable D6 for the time being um, until, I guess, you can get him up to around the 400 450 price bracket. And obviously, as I said before, his job security Security is really good also. Uh, Paddy Nash is still there as well, currently at 245000 He's looking at uh, increasing up to around about 287000 so roughly about a $40,000, $42,000 increase there for him. Nick Hind is the interesting one, currently $211,000. Um, he's at a pretty good price considering it, uh, what he just pushed out on the weekend, that's seventy-four. He's looking at being around the $246,000 mark coming up, so roughly about a thirty. $35,000 increase there for him as well. James Rose from Sydney, he's looking at about a thirty dollars to $34,000 price increase, currently at $262,000. He's going to be up around the three hundred dollars mark in no time. Oscar Baker is the other one there. He's currently $355,000, and he's pushing up towards the four hundred dollars mark now as well, which is not bad for a player that is playing that pretty tricky half-forward role, pushing up into the midfield, 
uh, for a team that's languishing in the bottom four at the moment. So he's looking at being around 390,000 after next round. Uh, McRae is uh, the big name there. He's currently 726,000 and he dropped to as low, I think it was around about the 676.80 mark a couple of weeks ago before his two monster scores, 140 and 180 the last two weeks. Uh, but he's looking to be pushed up to around 760000 after next round. So that's roughly about a $34,000 increase coming up for him. Um, so, yeah, if you want him back in your team, if you did happen to trade him out in that case, he's looking pretty good at the moment. I would want to get him back in before he starts hitting around the eight hundred k again. Clark from Essendon, he's currently uh, 373000 Quite a few coaches got him in. He's looking to be up around the $400,000 mark after next round as well. Roughly about a twenty-five to twenty-seven thousand dollar increase there. Uh, a couple of others to note: Dan Hanabry, who pumped out a one hundred and three on the weekend. I think he ended up with about twenty-seven or twenty-eight touches in that game. Looked pretty good um, as well. Look, I'm probably not going to go anywhere near him as a mid-pricer, and I've got plenty of cash generation happening on my bench at the moment. So I'm going to stay well clear. But if you are uh, looking for some more cash generation, if you've got those rookies that aren't really doing much on your bench at the moment. For sure, someone like uh, Gus Brayshaw, who isn't producing a whole lot at the moment, you're probably looking at about a uh, $120,000 to $150,000 uh, cash in the bank there if you go down to Hannah's at the moment. He's currently 455000 and he's got a predicted price increase of roughly about thirty k to 485000 after next round. So if you want to hop on him, nice and cheap, he's still around about there. The worry of injury is still there as well, obviously, um, and also getting managed also before, uh, yeah, St Kilda, I guess, pack-up shop. They technically could still make the finals, however, that's looking unlikely, so uh, the Saints will no doubt want to get a full pre-season into him in preparation for 2020, so just keep that in mind as well, but he'll no doubt make you some money, and um, if he stays on the park, look, he'll, he'll push 550, 600,000, and then it's a small jump uh, to a fallen premium from there. A um, couple of others to note Scotty Lysett, 523,000 currently. Um, he's looking to push up towards the 550 mark after his 130 on the weekend. Hopefully, he stays as the number one ruck, and uh, Paddy Ryder ste steers clear of the team. Um, and he, yeah, could be a nice little downgrade option for a lot of coaches there who aren't rocking the Grundy Gorn combo. Um, but yeah, you really should have those two as your rucks anyhow. Um, Brett Bewley, 271000 currently. As I said before, he'll push up towards 300000 uh next round, um, perhaps the round after. But yeah, he's looking at roughly about a twenty-seven dollars to $30,000 increase. Um, and that's about all the notables at the moment. Just going to have a look at some of the point of different players now. And top of my list there is Lukey Parker from Sydney. Now, keep in mind, this is uh, three-game average form going on, and these guys here are fairly low ownership. Most of them are under 5%. So uh, Parker's been uh, tearing it up. He's got 128 three-game average at the moment. He's still in just 2% of teams, and he's probably got the best fixture coming up um, out of yeah most of the mids going around uh, Sydney at the moment. So uh, Gold Coast they've got up next, and then he's got Essendon, Carlton, and Fremantle. Um, so yeah, pretty nice run there. Um, he's currently 755k, so you're paying a, a yeah a pretty decent price for him, uh, considering that he was under 700k uh, just over a month ago. But um, he is in some pretty red hot form coming off that uh, 150 plus on the weekend. 
Uh, Ricky Henderson is still there as well as a midfielder. Uh, 113 three-game average. He got it done again on the weekend. Still in just 2% of teams currently. And he's got uh, West Coast coming up next, Collingwood, Frio, and Geelong. Probably not the friendliest fixture going around for the Hawks at the moment. They could potentially lose all four of those games coming up. Um, and he's currently a tick under 750. He's 748k at the moment. So probably steer clear of him just because of his fixture for the time being. Um, Kale Hooker there is the one from left field. He's currently uh, 111 average over the last three games. He can be picked up as a defender. He's in 1% of teams at the moment. He's got uh, the Giants, Sydney, North Melbourne, and Adelaide coming up. So a couple of tricky ones there, probably in uh, the Giants. Sydney are in good form, and then you've got Adelaide, who are a potential top four team. North Melbourne, um, he could potentially uh, get a decent score out of them. But 578K, you're taking a big risk there. There's probably a few others um, around that price that I would look to first um, if you really needed him. Uh, Lipinski from the Western Bulldogs has been playing through the midfield at the moment, and he is a dual position player um, and fourth on my list there. He's got a mid-forward status, currently 103 uh, three-game average at the moment, and surprisingly, he's in 6% of teams. I was expecting it to be a lot lower than that, around the 2% mark, but um, there's quite a few savvy coaches out there who have got a hold of him already. And he's got Port Adelaide, Geelong, Melbourne, and St. Kilda coming up. So uh, probably a 50-50 there in terms of uh, easy and tough games. Port and Geelong coming up uh, will be a bit trickier, although Geelong have been giving up a few points to midfielders at the moment. Um, you look at the likes of Boat last uh, week, who scored that 121 against them. Melbourne and St. Kilda, though, he should go okay. And he's currently 537k. So for what he's been producing, um, he had a 126 two weeks ago. He knocked up uh, an even ton last round. So he's looking pretty good through uh, the guts there. I think he picked up around 32 touches as well. So he's well underpriced if he keeps uh, producing those kind of scores. Um, and my last one on the list is Jared Lyons. And he can be picked up just as a midfielder. 103 average over the last three games. Currently in just 1% of teams. And he's got Melbourne, GWS, Port Adelaide and North Melbourne coming up in the next four. So a pretty sweet run there as well. Melbourne and North. Melbourne and North Melbourne in there. Uh, GWS and Port will be the tricky ones, but he's currently 623k if you can't get to any of the big dogs. Moving into the captains next of all, and we have another loophole again this round. We've got the Essendon versus Giants game on Thursday, and there's a whole heap of players there uh, that we're going to get on the back of as vice captains. Before I take you through my top five picks for that loophole game, I'm going to first of all go through the top five for last round. And in first spot, we had Grundy as the number one there. He scored that 168, which was awesome. Um, Oliver was number two, and he had knocked up a solid 113 for the Demons there. In number three spot was Trelaw. He hit up a 128. Uh, in fourth spot was Andrew Gaff. Now, he only had a 92, but a lot of coaches would have had him as vice captain. I'll talk about that in a little moment. Um, so a little bit underwhelming there. Uh, for those that wanted him as the loophole option. And in fifth place, probably went a bit early on this guy, but JPK, he usually has really good games um, against his old team, but he scored a 72 in his first game back from injury. Um, didn't take that into consideration. However, <laughs> he'll uh, jump back, no doubt. Uh, the percentage of coaches as captain choices last round, we're going to quickly have a look at. 
Grundy was the number one choice there. He was uh, chosen by 27.1% of coaches. Uh, McRae was next on the list there at 12.4%. Uh, so, yeah, they were the top two high scorers of the round and also, obviously, the top two chosen, which was uh, nice there. Uh, Gorn was in third place there. He knocked up that 129, and he was in 10.5% of teams as captain. Cripps was an interesting one there, still in 6.3% of teams as captain in fourth spot, and Dangerfield in 5.2% of teams. Um, interesting to note was that uh, vice-captain Gaff uh, was in 8.8% of teams, so 8.8% of teams uh, picked him as vice-captain for that loophole option, picked up just the 92, so I would dare say most of those coaches would have uh, jumped on a different captain option and probably wouldn't have taken that 92 I would hope. Um, we're going to have a look now at this round's top five picks. And in fifth place there, I have Josh Kelly coming fresh off his bye. They play Essendon this week. He's got a 104 average against them over his career and an 88 average at Marvel Stadium where they play this week. Now, taking a quick look at last week's game against Essendon, uh, Elliot Yo, Sheed, Redden and Shuey, the four top midfielders there, um, aside from Gaff, all uh, picked up tons last round against Essendon, and yeah, teams have been doing it probably for the last month against them as well. Um, look, the giant mids, I think, are going to feast on these guys. Clark could potentially tag Coniglio, so I'm a bit weary of that. But yeah, as I said, fresh off the bye round, so I expect a big game from Kelly this week. In fourth spot there, I've got Rory Sloan. Now, he's got a 109 average against Geelong and a 94 average at Skill Stadium there. He had a 120 back in round three against these guys, so... Really solid average and solid form this year as well against them. Folk had that 121 last round against Geelong. And also, again, he's fresh off the bye round. I expect a solid score from Sloaney. Uh, in third spot, we've got Gaff again. Now, he plays Hawthorne this week. He's got a 109 average against them and a 99 average at the MCG. Big bounce back game for Gaff there after his underwhelming uh, 92 last round. The Hawks are struggling. And they're also giving up the six most points in the league. Okay, so just keep that in mind. I think he's going to go okay this round. Probably pencil him for a 115 to 120. Uh, in second place, I've got Parker. Now, the red-hot Parker here has got a 112 average against the Gold Coast and a 98 average at the SCG where they play at home. Now, he's been hot in, he's been in hot form, 157 last round. Uh, Gold Coast are giving up 123 points to the top mids this year. Um, and that's in the last five rounds as well. That's the most in the comp, and I'd be very surprised if Parker wasn't part of that. Um, expect big things from him this week. Um, and in number one spot, I've got Dangerfield this week. He's got a 129 average against Adelaide. That has to be one of the highest average averages against a single team for a player, I would assume, and a 112 average at Skilled Stadium as well. So he's got the combo there, both very high averages, um, look, Adelaide are giving uh, top mids 119 average uh, points in the last five games. So they're giving up a lot of points to the top mids there, uh, which, is, which is the third highest in the competition. And he also had a 132 in round three against Adelaide as well. So keep that in mind. He's my number one pick for this round. Um, the loophole picks uh, for the Essendon versus Giants game. As I said, I expect the uh, Giants midfield midfielders here to uh, rack up the points. In fifth spot, though, I've got a defender. I've got Heath Shaw here. Now, he's got a 106 average against Essendon. 
Now, I would assume that a lot of those averages of those points that he scored against Essendon probably uh, were in the Anzac Day games because he always played really well in those games back when he played for Collingwood. Um, but he actually has the highest average against Essendon uh, for the Giants out of any player. So I put him in fifth spot there. Caniglio in fourth spot is an interesting one. As I said, I expect him to potentially grab the Clark tag. However, he can move forward as well. Um, and at times, Clark may move off of him when he is in the forward line. Um, in third spot, I've got Merritt there. Now, obviously, with DeBoer out of the team at the moment, that's a big plus for Merritt owners uh, with the tag. However, there is talk about him being replaced. So keep that in mind. Uh, Isaac Cumming has done it in the past. Uh, he was injured, though. He could come back into the team this week. Um, so just keep a, keep an eye out on the, on any articles about who might replace Deboe as a tagger. And you can almost guarantee it's going to go to uh, one of either Merritt or Shield. Uh, in second spot, I expect Taranto here to go 130-plus in this game. Big things. He's probably going to be my vice-captain choice for my team this week because he is still... He's only in about 15% of teams, which is, is getting up there now, but um, I still like him as, a, as an option. He's going to be my VC this week, I think. And in number one spot has to be Josh Kelly. Um, so consistent this year. I don't think he's dropped under 100 the whole year um, that he's played. So um, I'm liking him there. And he's also in my uh, top five overall for the round as well. And that's a wrap for round 14. Hopefully you came out of the buy rounds with a few less rookies wandering around your team and planned them well enough to upgrade around each of the three rounds to improve your team to come out the other side stronger than what you went into the buy rounds with. It's always tempting to just swap out a like-for-like -like premium over those three rounds, but the savvy coaches will now have just one or two rookies lingering around and will make those upgrades over the coming weeks. With just nine rounds remaining and the buy rounds behind us, you can really start to ramp up the scoring average and stack your squad with those high-scoring players from the top six teams. While you're thinking about your two trades for round 15, why not check out the AFL Fantasy Resources section, which has been updated on the site now. It includes all the latest break-evens, predicted price changes, and a heap of other AFL Fantasy info. Also, the Round 15 Preview Edition of our Quick Tips has been uploaded and has a brief write-up of our thoughts on player break-evens, price increases, and the Team Fantasy Scoring Ladder. You can find this on the website in the AFL Fantasy Resources section or sign up to our mailing list to have it delivered to your inbox each week prior to lockout. If you're loving the content on the podcast, we would love a review if you have a spare moment on the platform you listen in with. Every rating helps, and a huge thanks to those that have left a review already. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and all the best for Round 15.